I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to what I guess is another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kate McKinnon. This is episode 190. Yeah. Counting her down. Counting her down. To the big 200. Yeah. Did you want to tell the people why this is just maybe you guess uh, another fabulous episode? Oh, we will get to it, friends. Okay. Friends, do you think I've been in like too good a mood lately? Like too good a mood? Too good a mood. Like weirdly in a good mood? It's hard to believe, I'm sure, but if you've been feeling I've been in too good of a mood, you just wait. It's It's been a week, y'all. If you'd like to chart my moods for the past uh, 189 episodes, I mean, the show lives at SoundCloud.com, but really anywhere you get your audio content, yeah. look us up, give us a follow, subscribe, however they're phrasing it. And when you do, from that point on, every week, you're just going to hear, followed by, because that's the sound of your man, Chauncey, Fastilicus Third, Geek Down at Nandalf. Just dropping them episodes into your device wirelessly. Yeah. Through no effort from you. Or, you know, electronics, because it's magic. Electronics are magic. Are they? I guess. I don't think they're magic. If you showed it to a... Peasant from the, the from a medieval 1500s? Night, no, that dude from The Night Before Christmas was pretty nonplussed about <laughs> most technology he saw, so... Which was ridiculous. Which was ridiculous. Friends, if you like to get at us for any reason about ridiculousness or my mood or how to improve it, hit us up on any of our socials, primarily Twitter. That's where we live. That's where you're most likely to get a response. We also have an Instagram, which is updated irregularly. Like most Instagram should be. <laughs> or a Facebook, which is updated even less regularly. We put something out once a week. Once a week. I mean, Facebook wants me or you to put stuff out more, but I'm not really there anymore. You're and... so thirsty, Facebook. <laughs> it's quit, very Quit thirsty. throwing money. Quit trying to buy my love with $20 credits. It's true. It's true. They really want us to advertise. Boost that post. But if you wanted to check that out, you can go to www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Check that out. Um, if you'd like to support this endeavor financially, we would appreciate that. We always do. Patreon.com slash geekdownpod gets you bonuses for a monthly contribution or or ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Buy us a coffee. Yeah. It's just really simple. Buy us a coffee to put in our giant mugs. Like our faces? Three bucks. As little or as much as you like. I like giant mugs. Excuse me, I believe I ordered the large cappuccino. Shouts to So I Married an Axe Murder. Did you ever see that movie? Nope. Oh, man. November <laughs> Crapathon's going to be great. <laughs> it's Mike Myers, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I just remembered about Gleaming the Cube the other day. What? The Christian Slater skateboarding movie. I don't know what you're talking you're about. You're right. You don't. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to, though. Oh, no. Whew. Oh, dear. Oh, who can't wait for November? That's a long ways away. You know, it's not a long ways away. What? April. That's right. Which is when your man's uh-huh. was planning. Is planning. To go to Japan. Is planning to go to Japan. Friends, what a difference. What a difference a week makes. <laughs> yeah. So last week when we talked about this, there was a, what I think could be considered mild concern. Right. Maybe. Nothing yeah. that was really, you know. Giving me sweaty palms or anything. Just, you know, 
mild concern. About the virus. About the coronavirus, yes. And, and the, the impact it is having on travel, specifically to the Asiatic region yeah. of the world. Yes. Uh, since that time, mm-hmm. I don't know if the CDC had bumped Japan up to a level two travel advisory. Right. By that point, they have. Um, Canada's still at a level one. Yeah. Um, which means you exhibit no symptoms when you come back. Aces. Right. Be on your way. This is also before everything in Japan shut down. Right. For the next two weeks. But they're doing that to curb the virus spreading. They're hoping. That that is how you curb the virus spreading. Well, I mean. Just talk to Russia. Abe's really. Are we believing anything that comes out of it? It's like Russia has no. <laughs> Russia has no confirmed cases of the coronavirus. Sure they don't. Yeah. Sure they don't. It's, it's Russia. <laughs> Say it three times in a mirror and they come to take you away. <laughs> he does. Shirtless on the back of a horse. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a bad way to go. Probably better than coronavirus. Um, yeah, Abe is really eating it for the handling of this. Also, right. little known fact, uh, Japan does not have a CDC equivalent. What? They have a Ministry of Health, and then they go get experts after the fact. Everybody needs a CDC. Well, we, we know how we feel about the CDC. We know how Caitlin feels about the CDC. We feel about the CDC. This is really Caitlin's time right now. Like She's been waiting for this. Like The rest of us just had the movie I... Outbreak, and Caitlin's just been like, woo, pandemic! <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. People getting sick and dying is not okay, especially the young and the old. They're the most vulnerable, and it's awful. However, the work the CDC does is invaluable, and how there hasn't been a CDC TV show at this point, I don't understand, because it's amazing. Get on it, producers of Forensic Files. Every time. She wants it. Every time Forensic Files announces that the CDC was called, I like holler and hoot. So, yeah, he's really eating it for the handling of the cruise ship. Right. And letting all those people off, maybe before he should have. I don't know. They'd already been on for, like, three weeks at that point. I mean, they followed protocol. But who knows? Basically, on uh, whatever day of the week or whatever site you're on, Mm -hmm. you can get different information to fit your worldview, which is right the internet. Um, I generally go to uh, COVID19Japan.com. Which Great. is great. That sounds like it may be. It's just a database and a chart and a graph tied to yeah. like the, the NHK updates. Um, I mean, you keep this shit in perspective. There have still only been five deaths in a country of 140 million people. Exactly. So, yes, perspective. But, I mean, really, the pisser is the point I'm at now. So everything's shut down till yeah. May 15th. Yeah. So mid March is D Day. Shit's right. either going to be like on the upswing at that point mm-hmm. and like, hey, we think we're cool. We think we're going to like, you know, let this go forward and try to get back to normal yeah. or it's going to implode. Mm-hmm. And I just have to go about my life assuming that I'm going, right. but prepared for it to fall out the, for the floor to drop out from under me right. at any given moment. For something I have planned for the better part of two years, yeah, this feels great. Yeah, This is just a great, calm, just a calm sizzle in the back of my head. Like, you right. want to... It's been like nonstop, just twenty four seven. So either the decision will get made for me, right? Either my airline will stop flying to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, United has already suspended some service um, to Japan or limited uh, certain flights. American, which is the airline I'm flying with, has already suspended service to Italy and South Korea and China, obviously. But they right. just recently added Italy. 
so like on that end of things, like decision, the decision might get made for me. Right. <laughs> Great. But at that point, at least, you know, refunds, free rescheduling, shit like that. Like, right. Um, I have insurance through major Canadian retailer. So hopefully as well there, even if, you know, I opt to pull the plug myself, yeah, I can still get, um, I'm with that, you know, if I choose to pull the plug, will I still get refunded? I don't know. I gotta talk to them next week to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but even if I do go, I have like, you know, what I assume is crazy good medical coverage Yes. while I'm traveling. There, see, there, there are seven figures involved, so I assume. These all sound like bonuses, like pluses. But also, like, if everything doesn't reopen, like, the fucking Ghibli Museum doesn't open. Team Lab is, like, closed indefinitely. Well, then you'll just have to go back. For this shit. Um, so, yeah, I'll still have time. And, you know, I have my friend KJ, like, just flew back from Kyoto, like, Mm-hmm. today and i was talking to her off and on right um it's like tell me what it's actually like on the ground there because the shit's wild out here girl <laughs> um and she was like you know it's less busy right. like but then she followed up with like if you already like japanese people you will love them right after this and i was like i do love them <laughs> so much i just want an old man to tell me nihongo jozu that's like all i want what's that your japanese is good apparently if you can say like arigato japanese will like Be nice. super overreact uh-uh. Be like, oh, Nihongo Jozu. <laughs> just means you are skilled at Japanese. Right. And then it's like, no, you're not. Like, they, the bar is so low for foreigners that if you can, like, <laughs> even form together. Hajime mashite. Jordan toimasu. Like, oh my God. Kaikoko jin wa Nihongo Jozu. That's all I want. So it's been, uh, it's been up and down. I mean, it's, it's fucked, Kate. Like, I have to go forward, assuming that this is going to happen while. Well, always constantly prepared at the same time yeah. that it could just be like bye isn't that just goodbye life? japan isn't that just life i guess and this is the other thing i'm struggling with so i mean you know mom hit me up today right oh no oh no wonder <laughs> was, you're oh wait i was waiting oh, on oh <laughs> kate, this didn't, is, kate didn't know this this is the all the you know what this is the end of the mystery show <laughs> where they're like oh and then this piece of evidence and you're like oh of course what a twist so this is why you were acting in such a manner. She was, uh, listen, she was pretty chill. Um, it, other people in my life got me a little, got me a little <laughs> antsy before this. Uh, mom was pretty chill and I basically told her the same thing, but I mean, like at the same time, like at what point are you just living in fear? Like, listen, real talk, y'all, the way this thing is going and some of the reports I've heard, yeah. we're either moving to cold flu and COVID-19 season. Yeah. Like that's what it's going to be. Right. That's what it could be. Or the way this thing is moving, mm-hmm. am I just going to be fucking like washing my hands 20 times a day and hand sanitizing here? Like, the situation ain't going to be much better. I live in Toronto. Right. We got seven cases here already. A dude just died. Okay. Okay. But like, one person has died. I'm not saying like it's time. I'm not saying, <laughs> doctor, would you say it's time to panic? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> would you say it's time to club our neighbors over the head and eat their brains for the goo inside? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying... If I'm, like, going to let myself live in fear of whatever's happening in Japan right. and then end up here and have to do all the same shit here yeah. that I would have been doing over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just go. And, y'all, I said this to Kate, and, I mean, she kind of looked like she understood. Hopefully everyone else in my life will understand. If if I have to cancel this trip, yeah. even if I totally understand every reason why I have to cancel this trip. Yeah. 
the pot is suspended. Yep. Don't talk to me. Don't come near me. Don't try to contact me. It's going to be chips and GTA in here and lighten up Discogs. Like, you, Discogs will not know what fucking hit it for the sheer number of orders I have going through my account. Yeah. Don't touch this. You need to fucking let me stew and sit in this and be mad and not spend all my money because I'll still have the fucking pie in the sky idea that I'm going to get there eventually. You will get there. Ooh. You will get there. Super chill. Super. I'm so happy about all of this. I'm just so happy that, like, you know. Being fat on the plane is not, like, the least concern I have. Like, what, what the fuck do I care? Like, <laughs> sir, you're a little husky. You're rubbing against this man. You think I give a fuck? Move him. There's, like, 300 <laughs> oh, empty seats on this plane because everybody canceled their trips. I'm just lying in the fucking aisle. <laughs> Leave me alone, Susan. <laughs> Bring me another complimentary spritzer. Like, <laughs> <sighs> How's your week? Um, Fine. Fine. Did you forget everything that may have happened? Y'all, Kate's having a forgetful day, apparently. A very forgetful day. Like, I couldn't remember tzatziki. <laughs> I had to describe it. You know, the yogurt dill sauce that, like, yeah. goes on Greek food? Yeah. Delicious. That's and how she I walked her way around to it. I can't eat. What's her new August forget? What's the, what was the name of Harley Quinn's first movie? Live action movie? Um, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. She got that in I record that. time. She yeah. always forgets Suicide Squad. I do. Um... Yeah, uh, so I'm having a very forgetful day. I went to go see the osteopath. Ooh. Yeah. Um, she just said, like, my body's a mess. Great. Yeah. I, think um, I, have, I, have a, I have a, not a physical, because for my providers, it's like, where would you like to get your physical done? Mississauga or Scarborough? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will just be ill um, and develop chronic diseases. But, yeah, I had to, like, you have to, like, phrase it differently. Yeah. Well, no, for mine, the osteopath is covered. Mm. Um, but... Um, they, there's different types of osteopath. And if you don't know what that is, it's interesting. It's kind of like massage, but they really, they like manipulate like the ligaments and the muscles and the organs and they, everything is connected, which it is. Um, and the osteopaths I've seen have really helped. So I, you know, went to go see this new lady and, and here I can describe for you Hamilton and the, the transit situation in Hamilton very concisely if i was to take the bus to see this lady who really on the map does not look live that far from me um or her studio is not that far from me it would have taken me an hour and 20 minutes and by driving it took us 14 so there's that welcome to hamilton hamilton um and like downtown hamilton is fine but you know anywhere around the surrounding area and also, here's another thing. To get from Grimsby, which is past Hamilton towards it's Niagara a, region. Caitlin, what's Grimsby? That's a Grim. I always want to call it Grimesby, but it's it's Grimsby. To drive oh, from shit. there to get to your house. Do you want to know how long it took? How, how long did it take, Caitlin? Only 50 minutes. 50? 50? Yeah, five zero. Uh-huh. That's it. That's like me getting here from Scarborough. Mm. This is me getting here from East York, Greenwood and Danforth. That's like nothing. <laughs> It's not. I always think everything always takes half. No matter where I am, it's like it's half an hour <laughs> in Toronto. I think an hour. I generally, I generally think an hour. Oh yeah. Like when I so like maybe that's why I was always late when I lived in that city. Like my my clinic is up. Uh, my family doctor's up at uh, north of the wall. Barely no. Is it next? No, it's actually north of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, on the campus of York U. Yeah. Which at you know 
when I got him made sense at the time because it's like, right. I'll just make my appointments for after work every night and get done work. Boop. Up you go. Yep. Get in early. Yep. Get it done. Uh, I booked this one for Wednesday on a day off. And like, so I had to come from here. Oh, no. I had to go from here all the way up to, to York University. Asking Google how long it's going to take. <laughs> and it's like, oh, like an hour and a half. I'm like, what? Are you high? What are you talking about? No, what, no, what you could do though, mm. which you can't do if you're driving, read. I used to get so much reading done in this city. Uh, did I read on that trip? Why wouldn't you? Because sometimes I just like to like, podcasts eat, eat up a lot of the reading time. Um, I save I save the Chris and Andy show and then my wrestling podcast for long commutes. Oh, man. Um, or just zone out. <laughs> There's <laughs> always that option. Music and zoning. Yep. Um, so yeah, I have my, I have my personal health check on t- tying back to the first topic. My personal health check would be like, tell me if I'm susceptible to coronavirus. You're fine. The current CDC condition is if you're old or chronically ill or have some sort of issue, maybe reconsider non-essential travel. Do I have any condition that may make me reconsider? Well, Jordan, we know you have a condition that will make you reconsider. It's called being a Jordan. Shots fired! Shots fired! But... I love her. You know this. But medical... You medically, know? you're fine. We'll, you're fine. we'll see about that. They're, all they're going to say is, like, improve your diet, lose some weight, get exercise. I wonder if drink a lot of water. I wonder if something's going to go up my butt this time. I'm always prepared for it. <laughs> it, it, it. It could happen at any time. Yeah. I'm 42 now. Last time I went for a physical, I was gearing up for it. I was like, something's going up my butt. <laughs> Nothing did. That's great. I mean, 42 now. Yeah. I'm going to ask. I'm going to be like, okay, you're all done here. I was like, shouldn't something go up my butt? <laughs> They're going to be like, oh no, not one of these again. I feel like something should go up my butt <laughs> at this age. No, we really start that around like 45, 45, 50. It's like, can we just like, I'm real, I really psyched myself up for it. Like I spent a lot of time preparing for something to go up my butt. Like, this is, this is how I feel about pap smears. You just do something up there. Yeah. Y'all are getting stuff stuck up you all the time. So all the time. Like, I just like, I'm like, this is, it's the best is when they have jokes on the ceiling. I really appreciate <laughs> that touch. Like, like that is, thank you. I did not know they did that. They did do, they do that. Just like, it's a nice touch. Who loves a laid back OBGYN? Right. And just good times. Um, anyway, so yeah, my week has been the, and here's the other thing. We're talking so much about our really boring lives because we have no news. Yo, I look. There's nothing. Nothing. Well, I actually have one piece of news, but you're not going to care. And it's mostly I just want to tell people off. Well, we, we live for that, so okay. go ahead. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars High Republic. Huh? Star Wars High Republic. What the fuck's High Republic? So. What is this now? Is this another thing I have to know about? Uh, No, you'll be fine. You don't need to know anything about it. You can just forget that I'm talking about it. Goodbye. Okay. So, Star Wars High Republic is basically, it's like the old Republic in that it takes place at a time where the Republic is doing really well. There's little, very little, like, war. um, And really, the Jedi, it's their golden age. Um... And what this is, it's, they're basically doing a ton of books and comic books and kind of are making, um, almost like how the expanded universe was after the Star Wars movies, where they're trying to focus on like storytelling and characters outside of what we know. Um, kind of, oh, what do they call it? What's that thing where you have a group of people who work on creative stuff? Collective? No, it's like, 
there's a word for it, but basically where people come up with a lot of great ideas and they sort of think tank think. T- yeah. There's another word for it. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Oven. We'll call it an oven, a creative oven. Uh-huh. So they're coming up with all this and they have a ton of different writers from different backgrounds and people doing amazing artwork and coming up with great concepts to sort of so like, what is this prop? What is it becoming? Is this a comic book? Is um, this a book? Is this a game? Books, comic books. It could lead to other things, okay. but it's basically just an like, here are some really cool ideas and stories about the Star Wars universe. Is it sanctioned by Lucasfilm or just a fan group? No, it's Lucasfilm okay. and, and Marvel and stuff. Okay. And they're calling it, one of the reasons they're calling it the High Republic is because the Old Republic name is like owned by um, the company who did the games. Right. Um, so they kind of want to differentiate from that. Um, and the same um, reason why he thought the Inhumans were going to be bigger than the X-Men. Yeah. Um, but they have, I think, in a right move, thought about, like, what do we want the new Star Wars stories to really bring? A lot of people have said diversity. A lot of writers. Mm-hmm. And that also comes from a very diverse um, writing team. Mm-hmm. And they had this, like, trailer thing sort of, like, presenting what they were doing, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Uh, showed some cool art. Talked about some cool ideas. How the, the Jedi right now, because the uh, main Republic is... At peace, um, they're kind of more like rangers mm. or cowboys, and m- more like rangers because you know um, it's an important distinction. It is a very important distinction, but mm. they're on the sort of borders, right? They're on the borders. They're trying to keep peace out there. They're trying to solve issues, um, and a lot of. So how's, how's the fan base taking this? Are they pretty chill? So they're probably pretty chill. Right? First of all, we need to talk about the, the the term fan base. They're pretty chill, I'm sure, because the fan base is anyone who's a fan. So, the people who are fans who are right are like, cool. And the people who are fans who are wrong and terrible and should probably die in a fire are like, there's too much diversity. They're really trying to force this diversity thing. Um, And I just want them to die mad. That's what I want. I want them to die mad. What a cool guy you are! Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, I think it's going to be cool. Um, I kind of, I really like the Expanded Universe stuff. Um, we got Thrawn from the Expanded Universe. You have, man, anything that brought you Thrawn. Right. Um, and I like it when we haven't been able to see a ton of uh, stories that take place in the High Republic. So, I think it's great. It's great. I don't have that as a drop yet. Why not? I don't know. I need to work on that. Yeah. You do. Anyways, that's my only piece of news. Is that Star Wars cool? Also, people suck. Well, before we get into updates, yeah, you don't know why I haven't made a drop, Kate. Why? Because I'm very busy. What are you busy doing? That other, you know what I'm busy doing. What? You know what's here. I don't know what you're talking about. Yo, descended from the heavens. <laughs> Ultimate waifu world has arrived. Yes, it has. Yo. Wow. All Stars is here. Wow. I've been working my way around this. Look, look at them all, Kate. There's so many that look the same. So this was the uh, yeah the, the three uh, heroines here, the the three main protagonists. They're all just clones. Um, let's turn down our sweeping music a little bit. Y'all, as has been established many times, Caitlin makes me go over it every every episode, just in case someone's new. None of y'all we are new. We have a lot of new listeners. 
I wrote a book about rhythm games. Maybe it'll come out one day. Maybe anything I did will ever come out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe that'll come out one day. But in the research for that book, uh, I got turned on to mobile rhythm games and became obsessed. Obsessed. I'm talking about obsessed. Oh, every day. I play every day. Every day. Every day. And sometimes he talks to me a long amount of time. And then sometimes he sends me screenshots that I don't quite understand. <laughs> and then they like context gets filled in. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Caitlin. Yeah. It was Coward's birthday yesterday. Great. How can I? She knows, what that, she knows what that means. Though. How can I? How can I? You got to do the hand thing. How can I? How can I? Uh, what a fleeting birthday she had. Um, so this was the one that was going to, normally, the Love Live franchise. They had the first Love Live, which had Muse. They had the Love Live Sunshine, which yep. had Aqua. <laughs> now they have. Wow. Now they're moving on to their third one, mm-hmm. which is uh, Nijigasaki High School Club. It's a terrible name. Terrible name. Hopefully I actually get a group name at some point when they finally make an anime out of this. Right. But now this is the one that like all of them are like meeting together and there's crossover and, and Muse and Aqua did a show together and oh my God, it's crazy. Oh my God. So um, it is not a straight rhythm game, which has made the fan base Very somewhat angry. somewhat perturbed. Somewhat? Um, because the actual gameplay is still rhythm based, but really yeah. it's an RPG. Okay. Because, you know, like anything else, you gamble for cards, you get stronger cards, you have to level them up. And you get tiny hats. How does she keep the tiny hat on her head? I assume bobby pins. I'm just here for the costumes, Kate. I'm just here to unlock costumes. The tiny hat is part of the costume. Um, So, basically, you'll hit a point where, like, I'm at the cusp between beginner and intermediate. Okay, girl, shut up. You don't need to be talking every time (laughs) here. Well, she wants to know what the hell you're doing. I do want to go see the cherry blossoms with her, with her because Nozomi is best girl. Also, she has tiny gloves. Does she can't. have tiny gloves? They're tiny. Just wait for her hands to do something. So you'll hit a point. You know, you need to get you need to get your cards stronger. Yeah. So this is other like slowing down the progress. It's not just doing songs. Okay. To like grind for currency to get more cards. Mm-hmm. They're going to slow you down. Like there's like a at least a seven chapter story mode involved here. And you have to build your credit. So there's a fucking skill tree, and you have to train that. She'll keep the little chibis training. Chibis are always great. If there was a game just full of chibis, I would probably also be addicted to it. So, yeah. So whereas the first Love Live game was just a straight up, like, you looked at a still background and tap notes as they came around. Yeah. This is, like, the full, I showed Kate one of the videos, like, mm-hmm. whatever cards you have, their characters will be doing the choreography in whatever costume you have them assigned to type Which of thing. is amazing, because then you have to collect all of them. You do, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But also, like, you have to level them up. Like, there's a fucking skill tree that's, like, yeah. 900 units long. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, you level them up with, like, macarons that you earn doing other shit. So I'm just, like, fucking spending my days force-feeding high schoolers macarons like a goose in a foie gras tank. Just, like, to fucking shove it down, Nozomi. We're trying to idolize you. Like, <laughs> See, but probably... <laughs> The geese get fatter. These kids, like, they just live off of macarons. They do. Um, Y'all get at me. I'll post If anybody wants my friend code, you want to get into this life, you want to get into this idle hell life, get at me. So, the only reason I'm talking about this and why I have it open is because I specifically spent, (laughs) like, two hours yesterday just burning through story mode, Mm -hmm. burning through daily songs to accrue enough star gems. To get a 10-card pull, because we love to have Caitlin gamble for me. Yes, we do. So, friends, it's an idle hell gamble break. Amazing. With your girl girl and your boy. Um, It's the first week since launch. Okay. The game will probably crash when we do this, because it crashes all the fucking time. Right. And then I'll have to, like, figure out after the fact if I got new cards. Right. (laughs) 
Because general and also the problem now, I'm going way too gung ho on like opening week, right? Because the pool is so low. Yeah, the game just launched. Yeah, so there's like uber rares for all the main ca- cast. Right, but that's it. Yeah, and like super rares for everybody. There's only like three good cards for everybody at this point. Right. I should be waiting until events start coming over. Right. Can't do it, Kate. No, I know. Just got that itch. You are are obsessed. (laughs) Got to gamble. So let's head on over. Like, there's only two gotchas right now. One that's like, with, they are doing that thing that I don't like, that I hate about these games, where you have, like, star gems are what you use to pull for cards. Yeah. But they distinguish between paid and free. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Look, you can get a guarantee, 500 guaranteed Uber Rare with paid stars. You know how much right. 500 paid stars cost? How much? Like $114. What? No, thank you. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, were you not aware of the economy of these games? No. We'll, we'll dip back before we gamble here for a minute. Let's just look at what the star gems cost. I mean, they offer, like, passes and shit like that. So, uh, yeah. Um, 750 star gems. It's so, like your basic. So, you need 600. You need 500 to do a 10 pull. So, right. to get that guaranteed Uber, I would have to do. Yeah. I have to buy 600 star gems. That's 45 bucks. What? I could buy an actual game for $45. What? Calm down, Love Live. Oh my God. Anyway. Sticking it to the man is the other reason why I'm like, I love these games. Because I will just grind for free shit. Right. Like, I'm not going to say I've never spent money on these games. I haven't spent money on these games. Um, but anyway, let's move this along. Kate, it's a much easier process now than it used to be. Look how clean that interface is. Oh, so good. Kate can almost understand everything that's happening now. Almost. Scout 10, Caitlin McKinnon. What do I press? Scout 10, Caitlin McKinnon. Oh, 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 that one. Yes. You want to do this? Okay. We will hope the game doesn't crash. Fingers crossed. I think the hand lights distinguish what happens. Oh. Like if it was rainbow colored, I'd have an Uber Rare, but just gold colored. So, see, look at this. I got fucking one super. Oh, two supers. That's all right. What do we get? Oh my god, there's a feather. See, I already have that one. Okay, can you do anything like you did with the other game where you put them together? Yeah, they'll like, you know, level break themselves or something. I got a Ren. Mercifully, not much Ren so far. These are all just rares. That's fine. There's the sleepy one. <laughs> That's me. I'm the sleepy one. <laughs> Practice Maki. Nico, whatever. Chica. What's this one? I got this one, too. See? I gotta just stop pulling, Kate. Like, that was a good pull. Two supers. That's a good pull. Yeah. But I have these already. Right. I just gotta chill out. Oh my god. How many fucking curse do I get with this? And then some shit's gonna happen. I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> that seems good, though. And it didn't crash. Oh, it boosts their max bond. So as you, right. like, build their bond up... Yeah. It means how much they like you. Right. This one doesn't like you at all. Well, I just got her. Oh, okay. Um, and it's also with the rent, so who cares? Wow. Sorry. Anyway. That's Waifu World. Wow. I need more outfits, though, Kate. Here for the outfits. I'm really glad there's not as many buttons anymore. Um, oh, <laughs> there are less buttons, but if I showed you the actual gameplay and everything involved, mm-hmm. because it's really about as you're doing a live show, yeah, you have to get certain score level, but as you're tapping notes, your stamina goes down. Right. So it's resource management, basically. It's right. like you need to 
you also have like three boosts that you can do at any given time. You can mm-hmm. either boost your score, boost your ultimate meter, which you know will fill as right. it goes along, or boost your stamina. Mm-hmm. And there will be moments in a given any given song where it puts demands on you. Right. Like be going along, and then it's special time, and special time will be like get a certain amount of points right. in this window. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to save your score boost and your ultimate till then. You don't want to whip that out too soon, but you got to keep an eye on your stamina. This is already very confusing. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to lie down. I need a nap. So that's why the DDR kids are like, we just want to tappy-tap. They don't want to think about all this shit. They just want to tappy-tap. But you like that shit. A little bit. You like that, that game where you had to, like, fight evil, but then also you had to, like, date people? Oh, Persona? Yeah. The most consistent man at work just started playing Persona the other day, so it's been coming back into my life. I was like, just start fucking the doctor. That's the first thing I did after I started playing Persona. was like, Persona 5 Doctor Cosplay. Where are they? Oh, my God. I need to see them. Uh, So, yeah, there's all the news of the world, which means we move on to updates. Yeah, we do. Do you you have a major list? You're, like, writing a bunch of shit down. No, I just, I, I, like I said, I'm very forgetful today, so wanted (laughs) to have some information. So, uh, senior correspondent and I, getting ready to watch season four of The Good Place, have actually, because it's been a really long time, just started... Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, We started season two again. Oh, from season two? Yeah. Just to go. Um, And... (laughs) I guess season one only really has one bullet point, and if you know that bullet point, you can move on to the rest. Yeah. Um, And I forgot how good season two was. Anyways, um, I also watched The Toys That Made Us, the wrestling episode. Um, Very interesting. Very fascinating. Those um, fucking blackjack-weighted uh, rubber toys that could, like, knock a kid out. Well, like. I remember those, which I didn't have any, but I just, I remember that my cousin's having them. And stuff. I, had, I had two, and they tried to sell you on, like, it was super action-packed, because you mm-hmm. could, like, drop them on the tip of their toes, and they would, like, bounce. Yeah. Ooh, what, a, Ooh. what an attack. Bam. <laughs> and also, like, the ring. That's a great right. idea. Whoever came up with that was like, we should just have a, them have a ring. That's a great idea. And then those ones that are actually the size of the wrestlers, and you see how different their sizes are. Right. That's also amazing. There's just like a lot of fun things in that episode. Um, we you, you, you oh. said you said uh, you know two years of me sharing wrestling knowledge with you yeah. came in very helpful for yeah. this I just, viewing. I got to like say some things about like Monday Night Wars and like who this guy was and why it was important, and then like. Why eventually it failed. Anyways, there's just things I knew that I didn't even know I knew. And I was like, this thing. And senior correspondent Chris was like, that's actually quite impressive. I was like, thank you. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Two years just seeps in after a while. It does. Um, then uh, we started watching Altered Carbon Season 2. Mm. Okay, remember how I just said that in The Good Place, how if you don't watch it for a while, you may forget some things? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I have no idea what happened in season one. I know like two things. Uh, I know Purfoy shows up and uh, Edgar Allan Poe is there. Um, other than that, I like, there's tons of stuff I don't remember. Um, so I might have to get a Cole's notes or watch some of the first season again. It's like why I haven't watched season two of Dark. Right. Because you're just like, like, who? I just assume, I'm assuming that's good. Yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe if I have a 13-hour plane ride in my future, right? settle back into dark. But um, but I do want to say that Anthony Mackie does a great job of playing two other characters. Does that make sense? Because it's about body swapping. Yes. Um, he, I'm not going to say he pulls off like he does the mannerisms exactly, but he, there's definitely 
a style to the character and he does it really well. Um, also I just like seeing him in stuff. Um, and then Simone Missick who, uh, played Misty Knight. Misty Knight yeah. Um, she's in it as well. She's great in it. I didn't realize how much she reminds me of Gina Torres though, until she started like, I don't know, just her hair or something or something about it. Racist. What? Not at all. Black women with curly hair look the same? No, she, no, (laughs) she doesn't have curly hair. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, finished that, that other episode of Harley Quinn Mm. where I thought it was like done and I was really upset. Yeah. And then we watched the next episode and it was so good. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is much better. Um, and finally there was, okay. I was in the dentist's office one day and they always play the, um, home renovation channel. Yes. I actually don't know what it's called. HGTV. That's the one. And they had this show on and I've seen it a couple other times in the dentist office about this couple that like moved to a small town in America and want to like revitalize it. So mm-hmm. they flip houses. And they find different people who either some of them are wanting to, like, rent it. Some of them are wanting to, like, <clears throat> live there. Anyways, they, they it's just based on this, like, one small town and wanting to... A show to... called Save Us Whitey? No, it's called Hometown. Anyway, um, I watched a couple episodes of it because it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. And it wears after, after a while. There's only so much home renovation I can take not being a homeowner. I'm like, should I move to a small town in America so I can afford a house? I mean... I mean, I don't know, but maybe. Anyways, that's everything I watched, I think. In the words of Mitch Hedberg, I don't go to the Home Depot, I go to the Apartment Depot. There's <laughs> a bunch of people standing around in an empty warehouse going, we ain't gotta fix shit. Yep, there's that. Um, What have I watched? You know what I watched. I had Hot to wait. garbage. I had to wait, I had to wait for it. Can you Can you say it? Can you say it the way you say it? Hot, hot garbage. Y'all know it's garbage. Let's not let's not let's not try and tell ourselves otherwise. Um, I have not seen the finale, right? Which dropped on Thursday. Okay. But the blazing trash fire. Yeah. That is Netflix's Love Is Blind. Yeah. Which apparently a ton of people at work have been watching it. Oh, I'm sure. Like I I'm just sure. I passed someone in the hallway. I was on the bus and I heard some lady talking about like, behind Jessica's me. Trash. <laughs> just yelling it into the universe. Uh, Jessica is trash. Um, we are now. What the finale is is like. Did these motherfuckers actually get married? Right. Um, sorry. <laughs> How can you not know if you're even paying attention to anything that's happening in? The worst parts of culture, but Love is Blind is the Netflix reality show where hosted by the Lachey's, if you can call it hosting, they show up like three times, Right. Um, where it's like, you put some people, you put them in pods, they can't see each other. Uh, they, they make connections. They, they speed date, make connections, deep emotional connections. When we were in the pods and we just had that deep emotional connection we developed, shut up. Um, and then they make these fools like propose to each other and then see if they, if they're deep Emotional connection in the pods can like translate to the real world. Right. We will find out, Caitlin, if love what a twist. is actually blind. <laughs> um. So yeah, now it's just like going into the finale. Did these fools actually get married? The reunion is next week. Wow. Because there's always a reunion. Yeah, of course there is. Um. So <laughs> this woman Jessica, who I mentioned the first time I talked about the show, who's mm-hmm. like the 34 year old, who's like who never lets you forget that she's a 34 year old because she like accepted the proposal of a 24 year old and immediately regretted it. Right. Um. 
the batch of episodes that dropped last week was just basically like these people now like living together right. and like oh it turns out i really like somebody all up in my space like this or like oh by the way i don't ever go to work and i like have like you know forty thousand dollars in debt so what want to help me out with that um my god or like and then they put them on like a they don't they're not they go to their houses and swing by but they're technically supposed to be like you know living in a this like apartment complex altogether. Right. right. Um, Jessica still hung up with Burnett, the human puka shell necklace. Um, <laughs> and like, she gets drunk all the time, right. like sloppy drunk. Um, her baby voice switches on and off depending on the situation. Oh no. Oh, her, like if her normal voice is like this, then when it's time to talk to a guy, it's like, so the thing I, uh, my dog loves wine. Um, <laughs> I didn't catch this at the time we were watching it uh, and she's like having this deep conversation with, you know, what the fuck's his name? Mark her, you know, the, the baby yeah. that she is clearly not going to marry. If she marries this kid, um, I'm watching the, the finale tonight. If she marries this kid, yeah. I will literally like, I'll cancel my Japan trip myself and just burn everything <laughs> to the ground. Um, I thought, I didn't know she deliberately, she has this golden retriever. I didn't realize at the time she deliberately gave the dog wine. What? I thought she was so drunk she tipped her glass and the dog got into it. And I was like, this bitch is going to drink drink wine from a glass of dog drank out. No. Worse, she deliberately gave the dog wine. That's awful. Which is toxic for animals. And I have not checked to see how badly this bitch is getting dragged. on wow. uh, No, women bitches. But, like, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she loves wine. <laughs> that's, that's an accurate, you know, recreation of her voice. Right. Um, Which so, I will never hear because I'll never watch this show. So, apparently, people in my life yeah. think that uh, Love is Blind right. has been my baptism into the world of mess. Oh, no. And that maybe I could level up right. some mess. Right. So, I was uh, indoctrinated into the ways of 90 Day Fiance. No. I already knew about 90 Day Fiance just from, like, people on Instagram stories reacting to it. So, right. I mean, I kind of knew what it was. Yeah. You like that? Just resting my forehead on the microphone <laughs> as I think about this. If you don't know what 90 Day Fiance is... Good for you. Fast forward the next 10 minutes so you can continue to not know what 90 Day Fiance is. Yep. Um, it is a franchise at this point. <sighs> yeah, no, I know. Oh, you know? Do oh, you, oh, no, no, do no. You? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Poking you. There's other shows I will... I will get... Okay. So I will watch some <gasps> British stuff. There's something like um, First Dates. Oh, you watch like the British OG ones? Yeah. Like versions? For, like First Dates. Right. I've seen... There's one about um, uh, people with uh, disabilities or special needs um, that... Uh, I think they're called Undateable, which is not right. a nice name, but it's about breaking down barriers and talking about what how... What a nice idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then through all that, it, this show, 90 Day Fiance, came up. I didn't know what it was about, and I mm. kind of watched some clips, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> not for me. So actual 90 Day Fiance mm -hmm. are people in America yeah. who have met people in other countries, mm -hmm. and these people have come over. Yeah. To on a the, the visa, yes, and have to get married within ninety days. Mm -hmm. So they figure out if they're going to do this. This has gone for like eight seasons now. Apparently, this is also spun out to before the ninety days, mm -hmm. which is when they're in their separate countries. Yes, and trying to figure out if they're going to even make it to the point where they come over. And 
uh, Happy Ever After, I think, which is after they've got married. Okay. They check in on some of these, some right. of these other couples. Um, some of them seem chill and relaxed. Yep. Uh, franchise icon Darcy is none of those things. Okay. I don't know who that is or what they are. She is um, a Real Housewives cast off. At least that's just what she looks like. Okay. And the first time she was on the show, she was going, she was talking to this uh, Norwegian guy named Jesse. And she is like so thirsty okay. to get this shit moving. She's got this twin sister who like maybe has a little better luck than her and like is so like got to go, got to get this shit done. And she's so like extra and thirsty. Like oh. she steps off the plane and puts on her fucking like Louboutin uh, stilettos, which immediately get caught in the fucking escalator oh as she's God. stepping off of it. Security has to like come and get her fucking shoe off <laughs> out of the escalator. Jesse is like six. He's younger than her. Yeah. He's like six foot. He looks like fucking Eric from True Blood. Like he yeah. looks like a Skarsgård. Like, <laughs> oh no, not the Skarsgård. He's got the fucking, he's got the haircut of my avatar from GTA online. Like the shaved <laughs> head with the swoop. Like, you yeah. know, he's got that mess. Yeah. And like, it's that moment when like a 42 year old woman is like talking to this kid at yeah. dinner going like, so what are you going to do about Facebook? You going to like feel like you're like, ready to change your relationship status? Oh when, like, any sane person's reaction to that question, what you can do about Facebook? And girl, I don't know, delete it? Yeah. Blow it up? But she just needs that out. She needs that out there. Right. So everyone knows. Right. And he's like, my friends already know about you. You, like, love every photo and status I've ever posted. Like, people know who you are. Like, I don't yeah. know why I need to do that. I just think Jesse's being, really, like, really standoffish and, like, oh like withholding. God. The best is, so this guy's, like, ex-military. He's a personal trainer. Right. They go to meet his mom and his stepdad. Yeah. Who, like, live in a fucking hobbit hole and, like, she looks like Betsy Johnson and it's just, like, you know, <laughs> crimped hair and braids and dreadlocks and, like, four-finger rings and shit. And Dave, the stepdad, is, like, wearing a kimono. He's got two nose rings. <laughs> like, half his head is shaved and the rest is long and done up in a top knot. Like, like, <laughs> oh And they have dinner with these people and Darcy has the temerity to suggest that maybe, you know, she wants to think about, like, you know, having kids in the next and getting married and having kids with them in the next like couple of years. And Dave goes, you met him yesterday. Are you out of your fucking mind? Oh. <laughs> and she does not know how to process this. Right. Um, ultimately it did not work out. I guess not with Jesse. Um, and I saw a clip of the, um, the next, we like dipped into like another season, Darcy back. Oh no. When things broke off with Jesse, Tom from London stepped in Oh. and started chatting her up. And there's just this moment, it's like this season, a 90 day fiance or whatever. And it's like, she's like hugging him. She looks up at him. She's like, love you. And he just like looks dead eyed at the camera. <laughs> oh no. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> no. Um, but like, Kate, they just keep finding these people. You think a season will focus on like three people. Yeah. And they just keep adding people. Really? Like, this is really sad. Like you need a, you need a pause on the guy in IT from Louisville. Who's like, you know trying to like hook up with the uh you know trying to marry the 22 year old from the brazil and some like amazonian village type shit oh my god yo yo and can't speak a fucking lick of portuguese oh oh no yeah oh, oh. there's so many like colonialist Ugh. white savior Blech. gross vibes in Blech. here or like you know the brother from georgia who's a who's like a really dope nail stylist and like yeah is just funneling money to some forgive me some bitch in the ukraine right who's like clearly playing him right and everybody knows he's getting played yeah but i just i, I love her 
I love her. Girl, no, you don't. Or like the dude who's like traveling down to Haiti with a suitcase full of panties because his, you know, the girl he's, you know, trying to marry, like resells clothes out of her house, which I mean, don't knock the hustle. It's Haiti. You do what right, you got to do. Right. Um, but she's got this like 60 year old that she's like 22. If she's a day, she's got a 60 year old, uh, you know, ex-boyfriend named Chris, who she met in the Dominican Republic. And he's, you know, the current fiance is really concerned about her relationship with Chris what? to the point where she's like giving one of her like testimonial videos. Yeah. And she's like, I'm really looking forward to starting my relationship with Chris. And it's like off camera. The producer like, don't you mean Dave? Yeah. And she goes, oh. uh. like puts her face in her hands. I was like, oh my God. Mess, Caitlin. Oh. <sighs> so that's 90 day fiance. It's trash. Yeah, it's. I really, I really need like I as thought. much as much as I've enjoyed watching trash yeah. with people in my life. Yeah, you need a break. I need a detox. Yeah, like we need to. Yeah, watch something like uh, about animals. I need to watch like fucking. Watch I don't know more, the, the Irishman or some shit. Like, watch I just some more to, Hidden Kingdoms if if you can. There is no more Hidden Kingdoms. Did you watch all of it? Did I? I don't, I don't know. know if I did or not. There might well, have been an episode of Hidden Kingdoms left. There's a really cool beetle one. <laughs> I saw the beetle. Oh, one. Okay. All right. Good. motherfucking chipmunks <laughs> well on that note yeah we'll take a break here yeah we will and when we come back geek down book club in effect see we've already started to detox we haven't done one of these in so long i don't even know what the hell we're going to talk about yeah, we will. how do we it'll talk about books fine. how do we it'll talk about fine. books it'll be fine we can talk about books anyway we're, we're book people sort of we're book people <laughs> we'll, we'll find out whether or not we're book people when we come back after this break second half of the show what a delicate little intro thanks this is part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other but before we get into it there are some rules there are the first rule is the rule of three <laughs> stop thinking about how you're gonna get sick and die i didn't know you were handing it off the rule of three if it comes in any sort of part or installment consume three of those parts or installments to give the thing a chance to become what it's going to become we had bookie books this week yeah so for for me it counted for jordan it didn't uh, yeah, Kate had a short story collection, so she read three short stories. I had a novel, so I just kind of read till I stopped. Well, you read like a third. About that, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get to book three. Right. But I mean, I read enough. Yeah. To get, to get, to know what was up. Yeah. Um, the second rule is. Hashtag save it for the pod. Which is the rule that. Don't talk about the thing. No. Until you are sitting in front of these microphones. And occasionally that can be extremely difficult. Sometimes we just, we literally have no idea. We talked earlier about our difficulty in finding the books. Yeah. At our local libraries. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin walked in here today and I was like, did you ever find a copy of the book? Because we just, that's how much we don't talk about it. Yeah. Because we want you guys to have the hottest of takes. <laughs> the lucest of warm takes. <laughs> Phrase I heard recently. No. I'll give you the hottest of takes. Hottest of takes. Because we think you deserve it. It's been a long week. You desert, You work hard. Yeah. I know. Listen, do you think after everything I've been going through this week, I don't want hot takes? Right. Just would cuddle you, up with hot takes? Would you like a stale take, Jordan? Ew. Gross. Ew. Disgusting. I don't have my puke drop ready, but... <laughs> you get the idea. You know what it is. Third rule is... There will be spoilers. It's not really a rule. It's a policy. Um, there are definitely going to be spoilers because we like to get really into things. So yeah. if you're all like, ah, no, no spoilers. I haven't read this. These really these old so, books. These old ass books. 
um, then you need to get the fuck out. But like nicely, it is always meant kindly. I just I know some people who don't like spoilers, and I don't want to spoil things for them. So go grab a really nice cup of blueberry tea and maybe like a crumpet or something. And a crumpet. Yeah, a crumpet. Love crumpets. Um, and go like hang out and watch something. You know that hasn't been spoiled for you. Sorry, I'm just googling a relevant question to the discussion. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, we like to alternate. So we're going to start with a thing that Kate, I gave Caitlin. Yep. Um, kind of thrown together at the last minute because it was like, oh, well, I didn't really have anything genre-y. Yeah. Caitlin wanted to do books. Wow. <laughs> wow. I've been reading a lot lately. So, yes, I wanted to do a book. Caitlin's like, have a book. I'm like, oh, God, what have I read that hasn't been like some dire, uh, you know, nonfiction yeah. book in recent memory? Not many. <laughs> um, so I like glanced at my bookshelf and was like, have you ever read this? You read this, right? And she's like, no, I never did. I was like, uh, read that then. Yeah. And that was a collection of short stories called This Is How You Lose Her by Pulitzer Prize winning Dominican-American author Juno Diaz. Uh, the thing I was Googling that was relevant to the conversation was the question, is Juno Diaz still canceled? Right. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's an article from CNN from 2018 saying Juno Diaz was an awful man. Who is he now? Um, Yeah. He got flamed kind of in the first Me Too wave right? Um, for some questionable activities he had done some other uh female authors of latinx descent right and that was probably one of the more the bigger heartbreakers right of yeah well for us yes for us because we both really liked his other work uh he won the pulitzer for a novel his only novel called uh the brief wondrous life of oscar wow he before that he had a short story collection called drown and this is his Second short story collection and third book, he writes painfully slow. Some of these stories date back to 1999, despite mm-hmm. the book coming out in 2012. Yep. That's how slow this dude writes. Yep. Um, I went with short stories because contrary to what some people on Ringer Studios podcast, The Hottest Take, think. Yeah. Short stories are not half-baked. I am... Excuse me? Oh, I'll play it for you on break. No, somebody had on there had the temerity... I even want to, you know what? I even fucking want to look up who it was so I can flame them by name. Right. So pull your head out of your ass, Amanda Dobbins. What the hell? Short stories are not half-baked, unfinished novels. What? They are laser-etched diamonds. Like trying to make trying to make the, the idea that? that if you're seriously writing, you should write a novel and like you're wasting your time with short stories and you're just like my you know, favorite following your like my favorite author of all time just writes short stories and that is Kelly Link. Or, and they're as, like as I told her at the time, class. it's like Grace Paley might want a couple words, you know, words with you. Flannery yeah. O'Connor might want some words with you. Raymond Carver might want some words with you. What like, the hell? Short stories, when done well, I'm not going to say they're, they're pointless oh, short stories, but there course. are pointless novels out there, too. You're going to tell me that, like, Franzen, when he's writing about some old man on a cruise being terrified by an imaginary shit monster, <laughs> isn't, like, you know, maybe taking advantage of the form a little bit? <laughs> I love short stories. A well-written short story is like perfect, perfect, perfect fiction to me because it's yeah. you don't have time to fucking meander and wander around. Yeah, you got to be in and out. You got to make the point. You got to tell me something about these characters in the world. You got to sprinkle your. You got to fucking salt bay sprinkle <laughs> your character details in there to like hence, get me in there. Hence Kelly Link. Economy. Yeah. You need to be economical in how you divvy this shit out. You can't just sprawl. And I will take economy. What am I saying? Shit should be shorter. Shit should be shorter. That goes for everything. Television and fiction. Yep. And I think, despite his problematic 
madness, problematicism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we are going to avoid yep. for the rest of this conversation. And I would like to mention we do that because we it's a longer conversation. It is a longer conversation. Um, and listen, as we have talked about many times regarding things like the work of Michael Jackson or anyone you like, because everybody's yeah. got something. Ultimately, it's kind of a conversation that you have to reckon with for yourself. Yes. Um, do I think if I bumped into Juno Diaz in a hallway at uh, Toronto's Masonic Hall again, like we did at TCAF that one year, would I be as amped to say, hey, maybe not? Yeah. The dude can write his ass off. Mm. And that's, sorry. Yeah. He does. <laughs> so he loves stories about relationships. Mm-hmm. He frequently uses a character named Junior. Every male author needs his avatar stand-in. Juno Diaz is no different. His is Junior, who was the narrator of Oscar Wilde and has appeared in multiple of his short stories. I believe he features in at least two of the stories you would have read for this. Yep. I I think so. So if you want the, like, synopsis here, Wikipedia says they're interlinked. I don't recall how interlinked they actually are. I didn't have time to reread anything here. Um... Wikipedia describes it as the second collection of short stories, the third of Diaz's books to feature his recurring protagonist, Junior, following uh, the short story collection Drown and Brief Wonder's Life of Oscar Wilde. The collection is composed of nine interlinked short stories. Um, So the thing that always drew me into, I think I read Oscar Wilde first, and the thing that really drew me into Diaz's work was his ability to, like, straddle the high and the low. Like, he writes a lot about, like, you know, Dominican street cats who are like just trying to get by in New Jersey, yeah. but also can like soar as well with some of his like, you know, depictions. Yeah. Um, I believe the first story is about, he took her on a trip to, they went on vacation. Yeah, they did. They were going to, they were clearly going to break up, but he tried to like salvage the relationship by going on vacation. Yeah. That's a chill hang. That um, was the sun, the moon, the stars. Yes. And then the second story was a sort of a flashback story about his brother's girlfriend yeah at the time this this uh, girl named nilda yes i do not recall what the third story was about alma alma and it was about um basically things were great and then she found out that he cheated on her Junior's a sucio yo <laughs> yeah yeah anyway i just love his the way he keeps one foot in either side of that um obviously as a dominican american author a lot of that culture plays into his work as well mm-hmm. the sprinkling of Spanish throughout. Yep. Um, I had to look up words. I was going to say, I don't recall how much it happens in this one, but Oscar Wilde, you were definitely a lot going on context oh, yeah. where like, you know, just the only reason I know what an abuela is, is because <laughs> I, I was reading Oscar Wilde. Um, he does that a lot as well, which I believe a lot of uh, Latinx writers do as well. And one of the reasons why that American Dirt book was like so roasted right. by that demographic was because of how ineffectually it did that. Anyway, yeah, I don't know that this is typically your type of vibe. Mm. I know you're kind of like out on books that don't have dragons or magic in them. That's not true. (laughs) By your own admission. This has magic realism. Sometimes. A little bit. Oscar Wilde did more than this, but this does have some. So I like authors that... So Okay, I like short story collections of like what they call general fiction Mm. better than novels of general fiction. Right. Because you can get it in little bits, right? Um, so even like Alice Monroe, like I'll read some Alice Monroe. That's fine. I can I can hang with Alice, but I'm not reading like an, a novel of Alice's because I know she's a Nobel winner, but ugh, white people. I feel the same way about Murakami. 
Yeah. Like I love Murakami, but his short stories are like perfection. Yeah. And his novels can meander sometimes. Yeah. Um, this oh, was hard because um, uh, I know This Is How You Lose Her is about the not just the endings of relationships, but like kind of how relationships exist and fall apart and mm-hmm. and um but for the first three stories it's basically about guys being horrible to women and i'm just like oh this is as you like to say sometimes a hard hang <laughs> this is this is very difficult for me so i tried to focus on the storytelling and that's so well done um so he uses this sort of um he does a really great job of of summing up a character he he likes to focus on and i know this is through the character's eyes but again like the physical aspects mm. um of a character um and he it seems to at least these three stories always opens up about either their ass or their tits hey. and i'm like okay i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to do my best here um but anyway so he he really like um can sum up a character in like a couple words. He does a pretty good job of that. He paints scenes really quickly and really well um, by using just a couple different, you know, adjectives and the way in which he uses them. He's very easy to read. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if I don't know, there'll be like 15 words I don't know. (laughs) That's okay. I'll look them up. Um, uh, And I like that because it sort of is a window into another world that I have, you know, and usually no window into. Um, and I like that. Um, I thought it was really interesting, the emotion in the first story, um, the sun, the moon, the stars, like that, even though you're like, this guy's a dirtbag, just the emotion he writes about in the scene, you kind of, you felt that if you've ever been in a relationship, you know there's a point where things are not going well mm-hmm. and it comes out in all these weird places. And never go on a vacation <laughs> to save a relationship. No. That's not not a good idea. So yeah, so it's this weird combination of like, this is hard because all these stories about men being terrible to women. Um, and like pretending that like they didn't cheat mm. or it, it, it being such a like sore spot. Um, and sort of the, the, the men not comprehending why. Like, it's not a big deal. I didn't really love her. But yeah, that's, that's not the point. See, and I will say, I did mean to, I considered at one point this week. Mm-hmm. I forgot how, like, that's the narrative for the first, like, portion of the book. Yeah. The last story is called The Cheater's Guide to Love. And it's, I considered messaging you and being like. You should read that I one. don't care what you read, yeah. but read that one. Because it's basically, I'm pretty sure it's Junior again. And it's like, where it's like, that's the story where, like. It gets through to him. Like, right. he's demolished by this breakup. And it's right. basically five years of his life as he, like, it charts the years as, like, you know. At this point, I think it might even be told second person, which is always hard to do. But it's like, you know, yeah. at this point, you're going to blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's, like, the, the third one. That's how the third one's mm. told. Um, Yeah, the story spans five years and traces Junior's initial breakup and its subsequent relationships of varying lengths. Diaz establishes a parallel between Junior's love life and the marriage of his friend Elvis, an Iraq war veteran. It begins... Yeah, your girl catches you cheating, parentheses, well, actually, she's your fiance, but hey, in a bit, it won't, it so won't matter. <laughs> she could have caught you with one, Susie, she could have caught you with two, but 
as you're a totally batshit Cuero who didn't ever empty his email trash can, she caught you with 50. Sure, over a six-year period, but still, 50 fucking girls? God damn. Yeah. That's, like, how he writes. Like, Yeah. It just makes you, when he gets into that mode, and that's not his only mode. Like, sometimes when he writes about, you know, he does have, like, some past-looking stories, you know, stories Mm -hmm. about, you know, somebody's grandmother or something. Those are very much, like, you know, top-down, omniscient narrator type of stuff. Right. But when you're in Junior's voice, like, it's just, like, you know talking to your homie on the block who maybe has made some terrible decisions right. in his life. Yeah. And he knows, like, he yeah. knows he's made them. Um, yeah, that's the story where, like, the shit has caught up with him. And right. he knows he ain't shit. And yeah. he's trying to rebuild himself and not be the person yeah. he was anymore. Probably should have given you that story. Well, might, might have I'm, colored I, your view of it a little bit. But. The thing is, I am going to continue reading the book. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, because he is so easy to read. Mm. His, his words are very elegant. He writes his ass off, as you said. Um... <laughs> The other thing I really like is sort of the writing about poverty mm. and the way he does. Um, not so much uh, writing about how much people don't have, but how they just live their lives. How they get by. How they get by. Um, and I I find that fascinating as well. Um, yeah. So I it was a really interesting read. It was a hard hang at times. And I'm like, ah, he's just terrible but you know that's the character yeah. you don't i don't really think well i didn't <laughs> who knows uh, i didn't really think you know diaz was you know you thought that way about women um in reading this or in reading uh other things i've read by him but um it it's so well written that you're like uh yeah it's okay it's kind of like when an anime does, like, fan service, but I'm like, you're so good. It's okay. Everything else is so good. Fine. You put a butt on there for, you know, five seconds. Wait too okay, long. Okay, fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Kick punches. Kick punches. A complicated seven. Um, <laughs> a complicated seven. A complicated seven. It may be higher when, by the time I finish this book. It may be lower. I don't know. Are my kick punches canceled? Like, I just, I don't, I'm not sure. Seven with a star. Yeah. We will revisit in a future episode. Yeah. So there we are. That's, yeah. That's that. That's that. And you said you found this at the library finally? Um, no, I found the book. You got me. No, the the girl, this is my copy. Um, copy. I own this. Okay. So I had trouble finding it at the Hamilton Public Library. So... But it is out there. It is out there. Or I'm sure, you know, most used bookstores, you can find the uh, handsome slipcase hardcover that I got with illustrations by Jaime Hernandez. Very cool. Um, okay. No, yeah. I got this beat up copy from the uh, <laughs> from the Lillian Smith branch of the Toronto Public Library. Wow. That's th- what he's talking about is the book I gave him, which is uh, Sharp Teeth by uh, Toby Barlow, mm-hmm. um, which I'm going to. So there isn't actually like a synopsis on the wikipedia um but (laughs) we're gonna you want to read the back of the book no no it's okay sharp teeth is a 2008 novel in free verse by american writer toby barlow it won the 2009 alex award and is the horror entry on the 2009 best adult genre fiction reading list okay interesting so first thing about this novel it is his first novel second thing about this novel is it's free verse which it's poetry, but it doesn't rhyme, <laughs> and it has more of a, it doesn't have, like, a stanzas, um, it doesn't have a set flow. The flow can most probably be described as, like, a conversation flow. Like, it has a sort of a rhythm to it, but can all of a sudden stop and change things up. Um, 
kind of one of the reasons I picked this book. Um, I also remember really liking it, and it was different. It is basically a story about werewolves, mm-hmm. um, but a weird story about werewolves. Um, there is uh, basically focuses around the story around Anthony, uh, who is uh, a new uh, dog catcher. Like when you the f- book from what I remember first opens up, he's yes. just started this dog catcher gig, and there's some weird shit going on. And he gets turned into a werewolf. Spoilers. He hasn't got turned into a werewolf yet. Oh, shit. Sorry. God damn it, Caitlin. I'm sorry. I told you there was going to be spoilers. Fuck. Anyways. Um, he... I need to stop you right there real quick. Okay. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Did you like this book so much because of the key role that the game Bridge plays? Yes, I book? did. <laughs> I didn't know you got to that part yet. I thought it was later on. Oh, my God. It was one of the so reasons. So much time devoted to bridge tournaments, and I'm like, a werewolf book with bridge tournaments. Yes, this is the most Caitlin McKinnon shit that ever happened. Anyway, continue. I just wanted to get that. I didn't want you to spoil the the presence of bridge in I this just, book. I, hadn't, I didn't know if you got there yet. I'm so excited you got there. You know, third season of Fargo has a has a dedicated bridge plot, right? I am sorry. What the fuck did you just say? Third season of Fargo. That's how it starts there. Fat Hugh McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the huntress from Yes, no, I know. Birds of Prey. Uh, and yeah, his they're, girlfriend. They're bridge players. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Uh, I need to go watch that now. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm, there's a bunch of plots moving around here yes, about werewolves. About werewolves and them trying to like take things over, and they've like upped their werewolf game. Like they're turning more people into werewolves. There is a she wolf who is never named, from what I remember. Um, I don't remember if she's named. I don't, I, anyways, she's, they're like the only, or one of the only female werewolves. She has sex a lot with people. <laughs> um, he, to, uh, sorry, the main character basically falls in love with her and sort of gets wrapped up in all of this because of that. Um, that's Anthony. He just, I can't remember. The hard part is I didn't re- reread it. Um, so I don't remember everything that happens, but I do remember some of the great points like that. Um, I don't know how much of the violence you've got to yet. Oh, there's enough. Yeah. Always eating people. Always eating, eating people. Um, so yeah, I remember that the style, I thought that was really interesting and I liked the way it worked with the story. Um, he was able to use reverse, um, to do a lot, um, to add, to the story. Uh, I don't think it took away from it. Um, and I just remember enjoying it. And I know you kind of like weird things and thought you might like it. So, Jordan, what did you think? I mean, really, it's going to come down to if you see the free verse thing as like a first-time writer being lazy and right. trying to get a story out without doing the actual heavy lifting of writing a book, or if you're just like now, fine to hang with it. Now, who sounds like what's-her-face from... <laughs> Suck it, Dobbins. Um, no, but like when I opened the book and I saw that this is how we were getting it done, I was yeah. like, huh. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. See, but I found as I read it, it kind of disappeared. Like it, it didn't, it, it helped the story. I didn't think it hindered it. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, the book goes down real fast. <laughs> like, it's true. Like books like 300 pages and I'm not going to, like I really dug into it like yesterday, y'all. And mm-hmm. Just burning through pages. Um, it is doing some interesting things. Uh, Kate didn't mention her synopsis, but one of the key things here is like the whole like, um, could they change at will in Twilight? Sorry? Could they change at will in Twilight? I can't remember. Yeah, you can. 
You remember Twilight. You love Twilight. Anyway, oh, wait, wait, hold on. The whole full moon, full moon thing isn't really yeah. a thing here. Yes, they could change at will. Um, they can change at will here. Um, they run in packs. Also similar. To, <laughs> wow. Now, wait a second. Now that I'm going down the Twilight path here. Wait a second. I only watched the first movie and we almost walked out of it. Mm-hmm. And I only read the first two books. <laughs> and they and after that, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, now that I'm done the Twilight Path, there's a lot of similarities here in the Twilight organization, but who knows? Yeah. Um, the dude clearly looks some shit up. He does mention how, like, you know, where presumably the first werewolf myths, like, came from. Yeah. Um, some of their roots possibly in, you know, uh, indigenous people, literature and things like that. Mm -hmm. He probably Googled some shit, um, that I hadn't heard before. The way he kind of organizes it, um... I don't know what his role will ultimately be, but like Lark, who is the first uh, werewolf boss. Yes. You meet. He's the one who's got the grand plans, something involving the dog pound. I don't know what he wants to happen there, but and that's why he's trying to get somebody and two guys that he coaches in bridge and sends oh. them up to like. So good. These like two like giant buff guys. You want to talk or... about you want to talk about like reading sections of books where you didn't get half the phrases and you're just like rolling with it. Like in Juno Diaz, it's yeah. Spanish and here it's like whatever the fuck bridge terminology is. Bids, yep, points, flow, what a tricks, sure, uh, so good. And I would watch an entire series about <laughs> bridge. Anyways, continue. We know, we know. <laughs> um, but also, like you know, the downside to the writing style is like sometimes shit happens, mm -hmm. and there's like no lead up, and you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. when Lark's pack falls apart, yep, when there's been like I don't know an attack or something, some rival gang or pack attacks them because somebody like turned on them type of thing i remember baron is that the guy who turned i don't remember um i was like wait what like you have to like, <laughs> go back and who are these people i'm hearing about these people for the first time um and i do like some of the things he tosses in about like the problem with the writing style is like i'll toss something in and you'll be like oh i wish you fleshed that out a little more right or like you investigated that a little more um the scene i just got to is like what do werewolves prefer to do fuck those people or dogs what do they? What do they prefer? What do they prefer? What What are the subtle differences between? Yeah. <laughs> both of those experiences. Um, I like the bit that we're kind of in now. So where we are now is, you know, Lark's pack is like completely falling apart. The one girl who they don't really, the rival pack, they're always running trains on the one girl mm -hmm. who's there. Yeah. Lark's pack, I don't think they really did. It's no. alluded to that like they never. It was Lark's girl, and you didn't really. Uh, yeah. You can really deal with her. Um, she's kind of hiding out with Anthony, the main character, who apparently becomes a vampire, or becomes a vampire, who apparently becomes a werewolf at some point. Sorry. Um, at least I think he does. <laughs> no, I flip. I was flipping through and I saw something about change back. Um, so he does. I'm sure she makes him a werewolf at some point. Um, so she's shacked up with him to hide out, and Lark, version of hiding out, is he changes, and then he just kind of wanders around Pasadena, like, <laughs> waiting to get caught. Yeah. And then adopted. Yep. And he's just kind of, like, chilling out in dog form, getting his butt rubbed, and, like... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and also, like, so there was something about a murder... There's a murder mystery here where, like, I don't know how it ties in, but, like, the Anthony's co-workers are all getting killed by somebody because yep. they sold some dogs to a fighting ring. Yep. Um, who knows what the tie-in is there? There's an old man and a giant Samoan dude who keep turning up places. Who knows? Who are also in the bridge tournament. Um, yes, they are. I remember the bridge tournament. Is, Br is Bridge going to play a much larger role in this story as it goes along? I don't think so. 
because um, Lark's got big plans. Don't know what they are. Bridge is apparently an essential portion of it, though. Yeah, they're making quite a bit of money from what I remember. <laughs> Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it was just a cash hustle. But, um, but because the writing style accelerates the reading process so quickly. Yeah. Like, I'm going to stick with it. You know, I took it out from the library. I got it for two weeks. Like, <laughs> there you go. I'll just burn through it. I don't find it. He will, he will also have these little like Zen like cone moments, which maybe sound in another context would sound like a Hallmark card. But I mean, when right. they're dropped in here, it's like, oh yeah, it's a nice little turn of phrase. Yeah, he's not a bad writer by any means. No, it's just like it kind of reminds me of like you know when I was seventeen and thought I was going to write a book. <laughs> this is the type of thing I would have done. Right, <laughs> it's like I don't want to work with narration or anything. Yeah. Images, bam, new chapter. Like it's the other thing too. It's on that James Patterson school of like short chapters, where it's usually one more before bed. It's like two pages long, and then you're on to the next chapter. Scare uh, quotes. I remember being like one more chapter like six times. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you it is it is violent. People are getting eaten all the time. Yep. Animals are getting eaten all the time. Yep. Werewolves like to eat people. And guess what? Mm. I really like the violence. <laughs> Surprise! If you, if you like violence, you will like this book. Yeah. Um. It's an interesting, like, there, there's a lot going on, and it's, we like any time you can take sort of known genre mm-hmm. and finesse it into something a little different. This yeah. is not a super reinvention of the wheel. I'm surprised your Kate say it, like, won some award. Um, wow. <laughs> well, it's... Because it's fine, but it's I not like... did I say it came out, like, 2008? 2008 or nine or something like that? Yeah. So, like, you know. Nick Hornby really liked it. He's got the marquee, uh, the marquee blurb there we are. on the inside cover. Um David Mamet. <laughs> what are you doing here, David Mamet? <laughs> David Mamet. David Mamet. I like this book. Cool, David Mamet. Yeah. It's like when Stephen King said Nora Roberts is cool. <laughs> Which I'm convinced just somebody shoved a mic in his face and was like, what do you think of Nora Roberts? And Stephen King went, Nora Roberts is cool. They were like, yes. <laughs> put, it on, put it on every cover. Finally. <laughs> so, um, it's an uncomplicated seven. Great. <laughs> It's a seven. That's just, I don't know. Have you done anything? Toby Barlow? What have you done? He, he, Are you behaving yourself? He had, oh God, he had another book. I know, I know that. Did he? Yeah, I can't remember. It was some other monster thing. He's apparently a Baba Yaga, I think. Contributor to N plus one. So. Oh, there we are. There we go. Highfalutin. Oh, he's from Detroit, so. Who's that? Is he? He splits his time between Detroit and New York City. Well, I love a hometown boy. 7.5. Ooh. <laughs> Nice. Always read the back of books, folks. Seven point hometown boys always get being from Detroit always gets you a point five on the kick punch scale. Um, that is at your local library. There are three copies in Toronto. <laughs> I currently have the one from the the, the Lillian H. Smith branch. And if you know me, I'll lend you mine. <laughs> there are no ebooks on the Toronto Public Library, unfortunately. Interesting. Once again, second week in a row. Yeah. Support your local library. Yeah. <laughs> this is the support your local library minute That's with a- uh, Jordan Kate. Ah, <sighs> friends. Can't wait to catch up with you next week. Yeah. Find out what the fuck is going on with the world. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure. No matter what, it will be fine. You know, I'm just... I I hope you guys realize that... Just imagine being in the room with me. Though I love being friends with Jordan, um, he will send me messages that are just basically a meltdown. How? <laughs> dare you you know that's true and occasionally i'll be like how do i approach this you know she approaches it with nothing 
Occasionally. Or a GIF. <laughs> or maybe we've now downgraded to, uh, you know, message reactions on Facebook Messenger. These are not, like, like ruin my life. Because I'll get, like, a my phone will beep. Yeah. But I won't have a message or a GIF or anything. I'll just be like, what the fuck happened? Oh, she put a smiley <laughs> face on that one. I thought people liked when I did that. It meant I read everything. And I didn't have to do it in parts. Because we know how uh, for a long time I won't respond. And then I have to do A, You can reply B, to things now. You can thread. A, B. You don't C. have to do that. You can yeah, hold. But... Long press. Reply will come up and yeah, it will no, show me that. what you're replying to. Yeah, but I really like doing it my way. If you have any other hacks for Facebook <laughs> Messenger... <laughs> Hit us up on any of our socials, primarily Twitter. We will reply to you with gratitude. Yes, we will. Or email longer uh, takes to us at kickdownpod at gmail.com. Friends, like I said, who who knows in this crazy world what will happen, but you know you can rely on your BFFs coming back next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of Geek Down Podcast. Wow. All moments are joined moments. <laughs> uh, Fuck you.